0: Let's take our Bibles, turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter number 4. Yeah. Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, we'll begin reading in verse number 35, and then preach for just a little while. Yes. Yeah. Let me say this tonight, this has been a lifelong dream of mine since I first met Brother Mays in 1977. I heard Brother Mays preach at the Faith Baptist Camp that day, and he was preaching on when Jesus went home. I have never forgot that i have just been saved about a year, I've been preaching about that long sat back on the back of the camp back there, and there's 500 people probably shouting at one time. I thought, Lord, I'd sure like to get to preach someday. Brother Mae Jackson, Brother Billy Kelly, been a lifelong friend of my dad down through the years. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. glad God's in the business of fulfilling dreams. Yeah. Granting people their dreams and their yeah. desires. And I appreciate it. Count it a great yeah, yeah. honor tonight. Would you stand with me as we read Mark chapter 4, verse number 35. Bible said, in the same day when the evening was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. When they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. There were also with him other little ships. There arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. He was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillar. And they awake him and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? He arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now you can be seated tonight. I want to take that uh, phrase out of verse number 41, and as the Lord will help us tonight and ask God to touch us, I want to preach for just a few moments on what manner of man is this. What manner of man is this? Now in verse number 35, the Bible said in the same day, you'll look back, you'll find Jesus had been preaching all that day and teaching. Verse 36 said they took him even as he was. He was tired and exhausted and been preaching the gospel. And, and the Bible said in verse 39, he arose and rebuked the wind, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And I'm glad that he said, we're going to the other side. And they woke him up and said, Lord, don't you care that we're going to perish here? And I had somebody ask me one day, what do you reckon would have happened if that ship had a sunk? I said, well, the Lord would have made a submarine out of it, and it to come up on the other side. We're going to the other side as the people of God. I'm glad tonight Jesus is the captain of our ship, and he's the conqueror of all the storms that we may encounter on the sea of life. But let me just exhort for just a few minutes on what manner of man is this. Number one, I want to say tonight, he's beyond all comparison. I mean, who in the world and what in the world are you going to use to compare to the Son of God? I hear Brother Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse number 12. Isaiah said, who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and meted out the heavens with the sand and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, that? And wave the mountains in scales and hills in a balance. You say, Who is that? Well, it's God, and it's Jesus, a God's son. Isaiah said in Isaiah 40:22, It is He that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers. And He stretched out the heavens as a curtain, and He spanneth them with a the tent to dwell in. Isaiah said in Isaiah 40:25, to whom then will you liken me? Or who shall I be equal? Saith the Holy One. He said in Isaiah 46, 5, To whom will you liken me? And make me equal and compare me that we may be like. Now Jesus said that there's none that'll compare with me. I don't care who you put out there. I don't care who you trace out there. and measure up with the Son of God. They all fall short. I've thought about in the field of music composition, why well, you got people you can compare, like Beethoven and Bach. In military command, you can compare Napoleon and Alexander. In the world of literature, you can compare Shakespeare and Longfellow. And you get into missions, you have Hudson Taylor and and Judson. And in the field of pulpit oratory, what about Charles Haddon Spurgeon and Dr. R.G. Lee? And on and on we could go. But who are you going to compare to Jesus, the Son of God? I want to say tonight there's no comparison. Nobody compares with him. He's just. That He's unusual, and, and He stands as the lofty, and, a majestic Son of Almighty God, and, and there's none like unto Him, none to compare with Him. Somebody said, well, he's just a mere religious figure. Uh, Somebody said he's like Mohammed and Confucius uh, and Joseph Smith and all the rest of them. Uh, I beg to differ with you, friend. Uh, They said, listen, you can be an Islam and never met Mohammed. Uh, You can be a Buddhist and never shook hands with Buddha. You can be a Mormon and never said hello to Joseph Smith. You can be a Jehovah false witness and never met Taz Russell. You can be a Christian science, which is neither Christian nor science, and never known Mrs. Mary Eddie Baker. But you'll never be a child of God until you have a head on collision with a living Lord, friend.
1: That's no
0: like Jesus. Oh, friend. No, I thought about him. He's matchless in his character. He's masterly in his teaching. He's marvelous in his influence. He's mighty in his work. He's miraculous in his power. And he's merciful in his dealings. There's none like him. Our sorrows are hid in his wounds. Our sicknesses are healed by his stripes. Our sins hang upon his cross. Our shouts hover over an empty tomb. Our soul is held in his hand. Our study is heightened by his word and our service hinges on his soon return there's none like him oh listen i, I thought about that in the gospel of matthew chapter number 12 that day and they're talking about what all they had how great they had things and jesus said wait a minute boys he said behold a greater than the temple here now look up here now behold a greater than the temple is here they put a lot of stock in Solomon's temple. They thought there's none like it in Herod's temple. But Jesus said, Behold, a greater than the temple. And then they said, What about prophet Jonah? What about Jonah's preaching?" And Jesus said, Behold, a greater than Jonah's here before you. And then he said it. Matthew twelve forty two. Behold, a greater than Solomon. Oh, Lord, they thought about the greatness of Solomon. I was writing, thinking about this one day in the motel room. Listen, greater than Solomon. I mean, Solomon's king's. He was a king's son born in a palace. And they said, Jesus, you're a carpenter's son. And you're born in a manger. They said, Solomon came from great Jerusalem. And you come from an obscure village called Nazareth. They said, they said... They said Solomon had many servants and you raked from the gutters to find a few followers to follow after you. They said Solomon wore kingly robes and you wear a peasant's garb. They said Solomon drank from the vessels of gold and you asked drink of a Samaritan army. They said Solomon had great armies and you have a few little fishermen following you. They said Solomon built great cities and you built plowshares and chairs in a carpenter's shop. They said Solomon lived in a mansion yeah. and they said, Lord, you said yourself the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have missed but the son of man hath nowhere to lay his head yeah. and then they said Solomon rode upon majestic stallions and you ride the coat of an ass in the Jerusalem they said, Solomon died uh, with the queen of Sheba. And they said, Lord, you eat with sinners and publicans. I said, hallelujah, I'm glad he does. And, uh, I'm glad he was a friend of sinners. And he said, behold, a greater than Solomon stands here before you. He is the indescribable Not enough forces on this planet. Never has been enough forces. Never has been enough human wisdom to articulate words to compare to the Lord Jesus Christ. One glimpse of His dear face and He'll erase all the toil, the tears. I'm telling you, there's none like Jesus. No, not one. He's the indescribable one. But then may I say, not only... Is He the indescribable One beyond all comparison? But He became God in the flesh. He's the incarnate One. Now you say, how important is that doctrine of the incarnation? I'll tell you how important it is. It's all important. (laughs) If he wasn't very God in flesh, then we're without hope still in our sins. But I'm glad he was the son of Almighty God, born of a virgin that had never knew a woman, never knew a man in the Holy Ghost, overshadowed Mary. Mary. And Jesus was born of a virgin friend. And he's the incarnate son of Almighty God. God in case, God in slotted, in human flesh he walked among men. Who walked among me? You said, "How human was he? How much God was he? He is a hundred percent man, hundred percent God, off at the same time." You said, "Figure that out and explain it." I can't. Even Paul said, Grace, the mystery of godliness, that God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, that I seen as an angels, preached in the Gentiles house and received up in the glory. Paul said, I can't explain it. And I ain't even going to begin to try to. And then I just believe it, friend. I believe He was very man and very God at the same time. You remember that in the Gospel of Luke, chapter number two, verse 46, they found him sitting in the midst of the doctors and the lawyers. And there said Jesus, He was expelled in that book revealed. And he was about 12 years old. I could see one of them lawyers, I mean, right back, that sophisticated, educated look, and said, young man, how old are you? And he said, on which side of the family are you talking about? He said, on my mama's side, he said, I'm 12 years old. But on my daddy's side, he said, I'm from everlasting to everlasting. And before Abraham was, he said, I am friend. Oh, hallelujah. He was God in the flesh. The incarnate Son of Almighty God. Oh, he was so much man. He became thirsty from the journey. But he was so much God that he gave that woman a drink that she never did get you over. Know. He was so much man that he wept at the death of Lazarus. But he was so much God he couldn't leave him dead. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. He is so much man that he fell asleep in that boat but he was so much God that he got up and rebuked the waves and the wind and the sea and they obeyed him I guarantee you that wind so that's a familiar voice I hear and the, and the lightning and the thunder said I know who that is that's who made us and brother they laid down like little kittens at the feet of the son of God he was so much man he walked up on the mountain of transfiguration but when he got up there he was so much God there's a fused that You see, as he walked up that mountain, his inward deity was clothed by his outward humanity. But he got up on that mountain and something happened, a fused blowed. And glory to God, his inward deity clothed his outward humanity. And they seen the glorified Son of God. I'm talking about brighter than the noonday sun and whiter than fuller soap, the incarnate Son of God. He became God in the so much man that he hung and bled, died and hurt, and had pain right in his body. But he was so much God. On the third and appointed morning, that he resurrected himself. And he said, I'm he that was, I'm he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore, friend. Oh, yes. What manner of man is this? He's the incarnate one. But number three, what manner of man is this? Now I say he's the boundless one. In other words, he's the immeasurable one. In other words, it means immeasurable means there's no boundaries, There's no curves. There's no refrains on the Son of God. And God himself. Now I don't know what you believe about God. but I believe God is, held by his word. I believe God will honor his word above his own name. That's what the book said. But I'm going to tell you... You need little old man can't bottle God up. You don't tell God what he can do what he can take to free Oh no, he'll break out over yonder somewhere where you think he can't even get. <laughs> Oh, I was in a meeting, I was telling them what to go about it. This pastor up there in the mountains, and some of the brethren said, you ought not go up there. I should have been up there before, but any priest up there, they said, oh, you know that pastor smokes. I don't condone smoking for you. And listen, yeah, I don't think you ought to, but I'm not going to fuss at you and, and run you down. Hey, man, I'm glad you leave that outside. Hey, some of them come in here bitterness and hatred and malice and jealousy and a whole other do right here in this service. I'm glad you left yours outside and they said that preacher smokes I said I believe God will help us anyway and I went up there and we had a meeting in that old time choir there's probably some snuff giving grannies in there and buddy they got to singing and the glory of God fell and on Tuesday night I got up and tried to preach and there's an Indian lady there from Lumberton North Carolina and she stood up and said I want to testify she said God save this old Indian and save me and put me in the family of God and it it's like a mighty Russian wind filled that place. And I saw a 45-year-old lady from the back stagger like a drunken woman. And they had two under each arm trying to hold her up. And she said, am I going to hell? Am I going to hell? And before we could get turned around, seven people had done got saved. And what about that? We was in a church where a preacher smoked. And they said, God couldn't do nothing over there. You don't tell God what he can do. You don't God friend. He'll break out on you. Oh yes, I'm a feeling better right now. i was nervous, a while to go. I'm a feeling pretty good now. Hallelujah! I'm telling you, he's the boundless, immeasurable Son of Almighty God, by well, the heavens can't even contain. Him. If you're a little old submarine. Go as deep a nose as you can. Stick your little head out of porthole. And bless God, God will be there to say hello. You get on a spaceship, and a Sputnik, and whatever else you can find and go as far as you can go. And when you stick your little bowly head out, God will say hello. You can't contain God. He's the boundless one. He's boundless in his ability. He has all ability. Now there's some things I can't do. I can't pick like Brother Lance. I can't sing like Brother Lance, Brother Joe, and all these others. There's a lot of things I can't do. I'm going to tell you, there ain't nothing you can do. Oh, I've never found a problem he can't solve. I've never found a burden he can't lift. I've never seen a sinner he can't save. I'm telling you, I believe he can do all things. And his ability to save the sinner. Why, Lord, have mercy. Some of you sitting right here, your family doesn't give up on you. And some of you have been in the reform school, in the penitentiary. You tried AAA, drug rehabs, and everything else. And they said, There's no hope for you. And God said, Oh, yes. And stepped on the scene and convicted you and saved you by His grace. Boundless in His authority. Lord, to save sinners. He's boundless or immeasurable in His ability to sustain the saints. Oh, that's Elijah out there, sitting out that brook chair. Here come them ravens in. Them unclean birds come flying in. Brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. You say, Where'd they get that? I don't know. My God, they may have flew by Jezebel's house and picked it up on the way, and I don't know where they got it. Maybe God just dumped it out of heaven. I don't know where they got it. But oh I, the world said that can't happen. I, I tell you, tell a lie to that when you get to heaven, friend. It sustained him about a year and a half or two years. I'm glad God is bound, which you cannot bound him. He's imaginable, friend, in his ability. Thank God to sustain the saints. Wanna tell this to the glory of God a few years ago it ain't been all that long ago. Had double pneumonia. Double pneumonia, and I sick, a fever out of sight. We ain't never had much money, don't have no money in the bank, just got to check my account to pay the bills, live for week to week. I got sick, and I went over there to the medical clinic. And I went in there, and that doctor checked me, and he checked my lungs. But amazed, he said, son, you got double pneumonia, boy, and you need to be in the hospital. I said, doc, we ain't got no insurance. And I said, I ain't got no money, much. And he said, I'm going to give you some penicillin and high pills. Boy, you go home and get in the bed and don't get out. I said, I got to preach tomorrow. That's Saturday. I said, I got to go and preach. He said, son, you're sick. I wrote a $90 check to that medical clinic, and there wasn't a the dime in the bank. They wasn't a the dime in the check in the can. I figured I'd borrow that if I had to. And boy, I went back home. I was tired and sick and hurting. And the old devil said, God doesn't care, and here you are, nobody cares. I got to listen to him like I told you yesterday a little bit. I pulled in there at the house, and Barbara, my wife, stood at the door. Boy, a big smile on her face, tears in her eyes. She said, You better sit down. I said, Barb, you better sit down. I tell you about this $90 check. I looked. She said, Buster, please sit down. And I sat down and she handed me a little old envelope. in the right, And Brother Mays, you've seen them as you open the mail. It was real crooked and wobbly. I knew it was from an old person. And that little return address, Nota, Tennessee. You'd miss it if you bleached your eyes. Ain't nothing there. And oh glory to God a little old note in there said Brother Buster the other night God woke me up in the middle of the night and she said I don't have much money but she said God laid you on my heart Brother Ed Blue and somebody else and said I think God wants you to have this it was a check. For $1,000. Oh, glory to God in the Lamb forever. Don't you tell me God can't do it for you. Don't you tell me God can't meet needs. You're a day late, dollar short. I'm telling you, my God is hey Amen. Amen. I've seen it time and time and time again, friend. Oh, he's boundless in his ability to sustain this thing. I guarantee you, when old Elijah got over to Zarephath, buddy, they got in that meal barrel. And you know the story. Now that widow woman fixed him that little whole cake, <laughs> that cathead biscuit fixed him that little. Old. He sat out there by himself and ate that thing. And, and that boy and that widow sat there and watched him, and Elijah was so smacking his chops. And, and he said, "I'll have you know that's good." And they wasn't nothing else left in the house. And the little boy said, He said there'd be something in that meal barrel, Mama. He said it'd be in there. She said, Go check, son. I can see when he took the lid off that meal yeah. barrel, one, of his yeah. hands in there. He come out of shouting, It's there, it's there, it's yeah. there. And the crucible of didn't fail. I, I guarantee you, when that drought was over, I believe they set that meal barrel up on the counter and said, Don't burn the meal barrel. Let's keep it around to look at and thank God for what he's done. Oh, hallelujah. My God is able, friend. Save the sinners to satisfy the seekers. Oh, I can't even satisfy Baptist. I can't even satisfy Baptist. But you can't satisfy more. days, more Baptist than our Baskin Robin ice cream flavors. Man, I've met all kinds. I've met 40 gallon Baptist, regular Baptist, permanent Baptist, all kinds of Baptist. You know, you can't hardly satisfy a Baptist. But I tell you, who can satisfy you? Jesus. One drink from that spout, Brother May said, where the glory comes out. One bite of that bread of life, friend, and you'll be satisfied. And I'm not proud of this. I'm ashamed of it. I was a preacher's son I'm going to hell before I got saved at 24 years old. But I tried the slot buckets of the world. I sit at the bars and the big bands and the nightclubs and all of that. I thought my dad was an old fashioned fogy that didn't know look about living. But it left me dry and empty. I was a starve and I was dead in that old hog pen like my prodigal. But glory to God. I remember sitting in that bar one night. I took that ball and I pushed it back. The bands were playing. I put my leather jacket on and I sat there. My daddy had been dead about two and a half months. I said they gotta be something better to life than this. Praise God, the old wine began to run out right there. And God put that new wine in just a few more days. I'm telling you, He satisfied this old boy here. I ain't a looking for another. I'm not looking for another Savior. I'm satisfied with Jesus. Oh, yes. He's the boundless one, the immeasurable one. But may I say, not only in his ability, but in his authority. Death vanishes at his presence. Oh, listen, disease has to run away when he comes. And the demons, cow, fall down at his feet and persecute us and torment us. Not before our time. All authority. And then I, may I say he's boundless. He's boundless in his atonement. <laughs> You don't tell him who he can save and who he can't save. He saves whosoever will. That's who he saves. Oh, yes. All that come, any that come, whosoever will. Let him come. Then I come to a close and I'm running right on time. He's the beckoning one. He's the inviting one. I tell you, I'm glad he's still calling. I'm glad he's still saving. Oh, he blesses my heart still to get meeting meetings. Sometimes we have to go to the penitentiaries to sit it any more We'll get them old penitentiaries, Brother Mays was up there. Brother Lance and I a few years ago, death row, preached up there in Kentucky, been in these pens. Boy, I'll go to preaching the gospel, such a liberty in that penitentiary. In them old chapels, you see them old sinners, raise their hands say preacher pray for me I'm wicked and I'm lost pray for me every time I see a sinner's hand goes up it tells me he's still the inviting one and he's still a beckoning folk to come oh Lord I want you to know he's, he's inviting those from the dilemma of sin to the delight of salvation from the lust of the flesh to the longing of the father from the final of doom of hell to the future delight of heaven he's inviting he's beckoning he He's drawing sinners to himself. He's still saving, Paul. He's still calling, Paul. That's right. I believe that, friend. I believe right up to the day we pulled out of here in the rapture. He's going to invite the last one. And the last one, what about this? He ain't even going to have time to say in Jesus' name, I pray. He ain't going to have time to probably read half the Romans' road uh, when his heart turns to Jesus and says, I'm a repenting, Lord, uh, and save me. Hallelujah, we're pulling out of here, friend. Uh, He's inviting. Now, this old philosophy of the world, see, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know that. In Acts 4.12, he said, Neither's a salvation any other, for this northern man name under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. But this old wicked world says, materialism says, spin your way out of here. And then the drunkard says, drink you way out. The lustful says, lust your way out. The politician says, legislate you way out. And uh, the, the labor union says, strike your way out. And science says, invent your way out. And philosophy says, think your way. Out. And then the reformers say, reform your way out. And the rehabilitators say, rehabilitate your way out. And the lost law deceivers say, work your way out. And then Jesus said, I am the way out of here. Praise God one day. I came to the way. and the truth and the life. And I found salvation in the Son of God. Oh, yes. What manner of man is this? Now I'll give you four points. And I got forty-five more. You say you don't do it, I ain't got time, but I've got him. He's the ideal one. He's the illuminating one. He's the illustrious one. <laughs> He's the immaculate one, the immovable one, the impartial one, eh, the impeachable one, the impenetrable one. Eh, he's the imponderable one, the impregnable one, eh, the incomprehensible one. He's the incontestable one, eh, the indefinable, the indescribable, the, indescribable, the indestructible one. Eh, he's the indisputable one, the indwelling one. Eh, he's the no. inestimable one. Yeah. I, I tell you, he's the infallible one, the influential one. Eh, he's the inheritable one, the innocent one, eh, the yeah. instructing one. No. Eh, the inv- Fading one, the invincible one, and hallelujah, he's the inexpensive one. I didn't have nothing to offer him, but he offered me life and salvation through his blood. Yeah. Yeah.